Podcast. <laughs> Did you turn into Andy Griffith just then? Well, greetings. <laughs> greetings, stranger. Why don't you come on in and pull up a seat? Oh, is, is it odd? Oh, well, what have we over here across the table? Here's a pretty little lady. Is You're whole, a pretty thing, aren't you? Is the whole thing going to be like I this? reckon. <laughs> she's a, just the, she is just a sight for sore eyes, isn't she, though? Oh, boy. This um, is the North Podcast. We'll be talking about... <laughs> Children's media that is peculiar and unusual. Cruel and unusual sometimes. Pretty lady, what are we talking about tonight? Apparently we're talking about the Andy Griffith the Andy show. Andy Griffith show. Did you think that this was children's media? Uh, I didn't know what it was, honestly. I had never seen the Andy Griffith show. I have no history with the Andy Griffith show. So I'm responsible for this. We were sitting down to watch something one day and the kid sees... Annie Griffith and Don Knotts, and they're um, they're wearing police clothes. And so, since our kid is obsessed with police, like, let's watch that. Like, all right, well, you know, it must be G-rated because we didn't we have? Well, it was, like, it was uh, in the kids section, right? Of it was. It was absolutely in the kids section. So Aaron texts me saying we're watching the Andy Griffith show. And yeah, I, and I, I, my mind was blown. <laughs> Yeah, was, mine was blown while it was happening to me. So, I mean, it may not be children's media, but it's our child's media because he he loves this show. He thinks the show is great. It's appropriate for for children, modern, is, modern children. It absolutely it's appropriate for children and for people with childish minds, I would say. <laughs> yeah. So, Undeveloped I, sense I, of humor. I, I really didn't know what this was. If, if you had asked me before watching this to give a summary of the Andy Griffith show, all I would have been able to tell you, um, and it would have been wrong, I would have said, oh, it's a show about a... Matlock. <laughs> it's a show about Matt. That's him, isn't it? Andy Griffith yes. is Matlock. I just, yeah. I just made that connection. <laughs> I just made that connection. No, I would have said, because I, I didn't even have that in my mind. I would have said it is a show about a bumbling sheriff's deputy played by Don Knotts. I thought he was like That's the main true. character of the show. No. He's not. He's barely in it, at least in the couple episodes that we've seen. He has like two minutes of screen time. It is also the world's introduction to Ron Howard. Right. Yes, Ron Howard. A.K.A. Ron I knew Howard. That. I knew that about it. I knew that Don Knotts was in it. I guess I assumed that Andy Griffith was in it. I did not realize... It was so southern. I would have guessed it took place like in Iowa or something. Oh, I did really? not realize it was so southern fried. I mean, as it is. Andy Griffith played the same character on Matlock, and Matlock took place in Atlanta. He played exa- he played exactly the same character. You're saying that that the sheriff became oh, a lawyer? Oh no, no, but it's the same character. I see. It's the same personality traits. Yeah. So as I, I, I as I recall, my we were a Matlock family. Right. We watch Matlock all the time. Yeah. We also watched a lot of Murder, She Wrote, so we were into, like, old folks of the 80s television programs. Old, old folks solve, taking law into their own hands. Yeah. I have some s- strong, vivid memories of watching Matlock. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't. I don't. I, I'll, <laughs> it's I'll, a good show. Maybe, I mean, maybe we should watch that with our with our son. <laughs> little, little Matlock. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. We we should. Maybe he'll then want to be a lawyer. That would be better. A, a southern lawyer. So I didn't. Yeah, I did not realize how southern this was. It it, it apparently Mayberry um, is based off of a town in North Carolina that mm-hmm. Andy Griffith grew up in. But this this seems more. This seems like Kentucky. I mean, this right. seems like deep south. This seems like a, a town that Mitch McConnell grew up in. Isn't North Carolina the deep south? I I mean, it's not very deep. It's south. It's like right there. <laughs> it's right, right along. It's, it's, I guess. Yeah. I, I think when I think of the south, I divide it up. You've got places that are technically the south, like Virginia and the Carolinas, and then you've got the places that seem like they're in another country from the rest of the United States altogether. Like Alabama and Kentucky, and is the South a spectrum, or is it a? It's a, is it some hard lines of regions? I, I do not feel it's binary. I don't feel like it's South and not South because I feel there is a, and I think the people who live in these places would agree that there's a fundamental difference between North Yankees. Carolina and Mississippi. Well, yeah, that's true. At least these days, maybe it didn't used to be the case, but I think the Yankification um, is has spread South. Yeah. And so clearly Virginia is barely south anymore. It's not. It's very well, Yankee, especially northern Virginia and obviously the D.C. environs. And right. Then, you still see a lot of Confederate flags. Well, ain't that the truth? Ain't that just the truth, though? <laughs> or or as, our, as our, he calls them, bad guy America flags. <laughs> bad, bad, yeah, bad guy. That's our son. What? refers to it as bad guy America. What what happened when you were at the bagel store? We, so there's a bagel store here in town that is, I don't know how you would describe this place. It's the kind of place that gives like a 90% discount if you go in wearing a police uniform and hands you a free Bible. Yeah. But it's good. I mean, the people are super nice. Good food. I don't have a problem with it. But, but they do have all of these badges on the wall of various law enforcement agencies like to be to be clear the collection is is 40 or 50 badges of, yeah. of county it's like county it's, badges it's or like county um patches patches it's it, it represents the pantheon of uh yeah. conservative america the, the the deification of our service agencies which again i don't i that's fine. But one of these patches has the Confederate flag on it. So our son very... At least one. At least one of the patches has a Confederate flag. So our son very... And this was the most crowded this place has ever been, that we've ever been there. And our son loudly starts yelling, why do they have bad guy American flag on the wall? <laughs> now, now, important context here is that this is also the bagel store that we walked into one, one Sunday morning. And there was a family at another table, and all six of them had g- guns in holsters around yeah. their waists. Yeah, not not concealed carry. No, just out, just out, out there, and, out and proud. To which our response was, "What's going to happen yeah. in the bagel store?" We and well, we le- I think we left, didn't we? Didn't we immediately leave? I felt very unsafe. This doesn't make me feel safe. I don't understand how people th- this notion that if everyone is carrying that everyone is safer because I took one look at these people and felt a sense of foreboding <laughs> yeah, and no, doom. It's true. <laughs> they had more guns than they had teeth. I'm like, we are leaving. <laughs> we, yeah. I I don't remember. I just remember seeing them and observing them while we were waiting. I don't remember if we left or not, but I do remember thinking like, there's mom, there's dad, there's 
son number adult son number one adult son number two yeah grandma you know what we saw we what? saw a well-regulated militia <laughs> that is what we, that is what we witnessed oh man they're protecting they're protecting us so yeah so this takes place in in uh mitch mccall's hometown so wait, Kentucky so, Mayberry. So it's populated by turtles. It's 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 yeah, it's Turtleville, USA. It's turtles all the way down. I was thinking the other day that Mitch McConnell, when he talks, it sounds like his voice is emanating from a bubbling bowl of buttery grits, <laughs> and with every bubble that comes to the surface and pops, a word comes out. But filtered through the voice box of a turtle. Right? Where's my leafy greens? <laughs> tax cuts. Tax. President Trump tax cuts leafy greens. Hey, Mitch, 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 blah, 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 blah. Mitch, what are you going to do about entitlement spending? We have to reform entitlement spending. Blah, 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 blah. Just hey, not hey, Mitch. Mitch, what do you think about rabbits and hares? Uh, divisiveness is divisive politics in the United States of America. <laughs> so, Andy Griffith. Yeah, the impressions show. on this show are, are <laughs> they're, on they fleek. started bad and they and they're getting worse. And I'm I'm fine with that. Just lean into it. Don't apologize. These it's are, like that. It's like that cat. These are the greatest impressions that I've ever heard. So, Andy Griffith show. Um, we watched two episodes. Or this is been a couple weeks since i've seen this so i have to go from memory here but this begins with andy andy griffith that's not his name in the show i don't remember what his name is so andy andy griffith pulls up to the pharmacy and he has to get something at the pharmacy but they're closed and he lets himself in he finds a key above the, the the door sill so right away you get a sense of what kind of show this is going to be because he goes up to the door it's locked he says oh i've got you know i've got the answer to that and he fills up along the door so he finds a key and people start laughing so there's a lot this is a laugh track show which oh, I, oh, I, man. I had forgotten what it was like to watch something with a laugh track so it wasn't that um alienating for me personally but our kid was like why? Where is the laughing come yeah, from? This is what his, is going on? Right. This is his first show that's had a laugh track. He had no idea what's going on. And it does drive home how weird it is. I mean, we, right. we don't think about it because no. we grew up with laugh track shows. But now I haven't seen a show with a laugh track in 15 years probably. So so, so the so laugh track starts going and I'm like, what's happening? It's a, it's a weird like schizophrenic feeling to be hearing these disembodied laughs. It's I, like I, watching the first season of Sports Night. Oh, right, when they thought that was a good idea. Well, it had been. That yeah. was the thing is it had been. And then right. they realized, oh, this is not where it's this going. Is go- this I think is going it was away. one of the first shows to like have that yeah. switch like while it was happening. It's a weird artificial thing. I guess this is you know born of the fact that early on in the television watching experience, people were more used to seeing live There was a live studio audience. Right, but even at home, they were in the mode of watching things live. And so it felt comfortable to hear yeah. other people. Right laughing or whatever or booing or whatever because that was the experience was seeing entertainment live i mean you know it is different when you're watching a movie in a movie theater versus at your home by yourself sure 
But but so more so supposed to replicate that more just than the fact that there's a laugh track is is the oh, when when it's happening this is a phenomenon that is going off all the time and so Andy Griffith is pulls a key off the top of the door sill and the laugh track is going off and I'm like I don't get it where's the where's right. the joke here there is no joke right. so there there is this laugh laugh track and then there's a, a third track of our son trying to constantly asking. Why are they laughing? Yeah, why What's are they, funny? Why, why funny are they laughing? This? What's funny? Like, well, it's not funny. Why are they laughing then? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they're laughing. I don't get it. So, is it, it because uh, Sheriff What's His Face is just completely willing to abandon rule of law and just like enter, use his power as I, sheriff? I don't think that's it. I think that's yeah. too. I mean, so because that's this is my problem funny, with uh, not. yeah. Th- this is my problem with all of so-called comedy from the 20s through the 60s basically is yeah. that the jokes they're they're jokes in the sense that uh why did the chicken cross the road is a joke it has the form of a joke right you, you recognize it as taking on the prototype of a joke right but does not actually achieve humor well it's like it can be recognized like, as being an attempt as a joke it's like when our kid figured out knock knock jokes and yeah. we're all doing knock knock who's there boo boo hoo, oh don't cry right which after enough times isn't funny but you know like is descended at least from humor yeah so then kid starts going knock knock who's there and then looks around the room sees a lampshade says lampshade and then we say lampshade who and then he says Lampshade sitting over there on the table. Yeah. And starts laughing. Yeah, and then we're laughing because he's laughing, but yeah. not because the joke is funny. Right. So it has the form but then of the joke. But then we're positively reinforcing it. Right. So it's just this constant stream of non like nonsensical, absurd, non-jokes. But this and I've said this to you many times, I don't understand why this is, because it is not as though humor hadn't been invented yet. Because if you go back and you read Mark Twain, just for example, that is still a lot of that holds up perfectly well it seems like a very modern sensibility in terms of humor it's funny a lot of it is still there's a lot of funny west may west was funny there were there were you know funny some stuff in shakespeare is still funny but then there are these decades of time in american visual media where i i don't i've never seen anything funny i've never seen a funny movie from the 30s or 40s or 50s and people will say oh well they'll still talk about like buster keaton that's not funny again that 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 you can tell that it has the form of comedy but it's not funny anymore at all and so it's it's very odd to me this so i have this i have this memory of my my dad really likes spike jones yeah, so he just kept talking it up, and like one day he brings home from brings home this cassette, and we pop it in, and and we watched like an episode of this, and there there was one really funny sketch, but the rest of it like it, it's like when I get really excited about a song, and I'm like, you should listen to this song right. when we're in the car, and I play it, and like halfway through the song, I'm like. I have deep regret right now <laughs> because right. I love this song and I continue to love this song, but right. it's not going well. I yeah. can tell yeah. just emanating. I don't understand this now. Part of right. it's just because we're tastes are diabolically different. Diametric. Diametric. Di- di- I mean, your taste in music is diabolical. I'll, it's fine. So <laughs> anyway, continue. 
so, you know, so, so we watched this and the end of it is just my dad having that same deep regret of like, I wish this hadn't have happened. It's like, right. it's like when you go back and maybe this is, I, I've still never seen The Goonies. I won't ever see it because it's only a good movie to people who saw it when they were young. Because half of the quality of it well, is it's nostalgia. Not, it, I mean, it's not even good. I mean, that 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 Goonies doesn't hold up. I mean, I, I may but take some, some flack from saying this, but if you watch Goonies as a forty-year-old person, you, you know, which I, I I watched it when I was in my early thirties, and I didn't even finish the whole thing because it's it's not. Right, but there's tons. There are tons of Goonies devotees. I mean, there there is a Goonies museum in Astoria. Yeah. So there's people who love this, but you can't enter the Goonies sphere as a grown person you cannot no you will not understand what is going on so andy griffith lets himself into the pharmacy um rule of law rule of law he out the window ransacks the place he gets uh he gets five boxes of condoms uh, (laughs) and he gets his antiretroviral medicines And he goes and he checks and himself a, out. And a gallon of lube. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's he's gonna have a party tonight. <laughs> and uh, the new um, the new pharmacist shows up unexpectedly. He he didn't realize. I guess Uncle Fred or whoever the pharmacist is right. is out convalescing from whatever donkey kicked him in the head or whatever. I don't know. He drank too much moonshine. Wow. Okay. And uh, he he later went on to become Mitch McConnell. Is what happened. <laughs> Oh, I got in the head by a donkey. The, really hard. The, made me hate poor people. The witch from Bewitched had a crossover episode and cast a spell on Uncle Fred, who turned him into a turtle. Yes. Grew up to be Mitch McConnell. Yes. That's it. This is an origin story. All right. That's this. That's the, the the villain's origin story. This is me. So this is me blinking into the into the microphone. Blink, like, blink, blink. Yeah, thank you. you. Hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, isn't that what she does? Yes. Yeah. 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 Blink. So uh, the new pharmacist, Ellie, shows up, who is it? It's a lady. It's a lady. It's a young woman, an attractive young woman. Lady pharmacist. Shows up. And Andy Griffith does like the uh, Tex Avery wolf eyes. He's like, awooga, when he sees her. Oh, he's like, oh my goodness. Well, hello. Well, hello there. Yeah. yeah. That part was uncomfortable. Yeah. it's he, he's, he's very leering and obvious well to the degree that you can be leering in mayberry right in 1955 yeah no it's a very it's a very wholesome form of sexual harassment that that he engages in with her over the next couple episodes (laughs) not so much this episode but the next the next one um and so uh they're chatting is is this the part where emma oh yeah emma shows up comes in so emma is this decrepit old woman who hobbles in and uh, is talking with uh, Sheriff Andy, whatever his name is, and is complaining that she ran out of her pills, the nature of which is never explained exactly, but we're led to believe it is some sort of powerful narcotic medicine. Because no, it is revealed. What, it, what she thinks they are is not revealed. Oh, what she, right, okay. She never calls them anything. She never says, I'm here it's for also, my Percocet. It's She's, also extremely different watching this, I'm sure, in 1955, where you didn't have an opioid epidemic. Yeah, no, so we'll get into this. We'll get into this, because this is weird to watch this in 2018. <laughs> All right, so she's like, I'm here for my pills because I was up all night with a mighty powerful ache. And she has this the thing where she's like, it started in this shoulder and then it went down to my asshole and down to my little toe and went back up to my vulva. 
and then up to the other shoulder and through my ears and out the top of my head. Something like that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she didn't say asshole in 1955. She, she didn't, but she described this wandering pain all over her body. And right Did away, she call it a dookie? A what? A dookie. A dookie? Do you, do you remember this? I took, no. the, I took her cat to the vet one time, and I was oh, sitting there right. listening to right, right, some right. woman talking about her dog's dookie. And, how, and I was like, I, I couldn't get, I just couldn't get past the word dookie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So she describes this, and she's you. You listen to her talking, like, "Oh, she's a raving lunatic." But Sheriff yeah. Andy is just like, "Oh, it sure sounds like sure sounds like a trouble, Emma." And she's like, "Ain't it though?" And it's like this, like the audience is laughing, and I know, yeah. I'm like, "Are we supposed to take this seriously?" I mean, we're not, but but then. It, it, Anyway, so she goes up to the counter to the new pharmacist and is like, I want my little blue pills. I see them right there. Here's a dime. And, and yeah. I'll, time out. When she said little blue pills, I thought Viagra. Right. That's what's really going on. <laughs> She's the only cure for what ails her. Is a, She's, she actually has a penis and needs some boners. Yes. She needs, she needs her boner pills. Yeah. It's fine with me if she's trans. If Emma's trans, she, she's the first trans character in American television, and she's a pioneer. <laughs> okay, I think that's great. <laughs> so she asked for a little blue pills, and uh, the new pharmacist who went to pharmacy school, unlike Uncle Fred, apparently asks for a prescription. She's legit. She's legit, and Emma is scandalized. This that. Someone's going to ask her for a prescription, and she's, oh, yeah. she's infuriated. No, Miss Ellie is demanding it, which she should. Yeah. No, she's standing by her guns. Her, her license is at stake here. It's up yeah. there on the wall. She is being professional. She's being professional. She is, she is caring for the public health of the citizens of the yeah. Mayberry. So I'm, I'm down with Ellie. Emma storms out. She goes to- She leaves a terrible Yelp review. <laughs> she, she Yelp bombs the pharmacy. Like that lion one star dentist in Minnesota. <laughs> right. She left a one-star review. Um, and told all her friends, she too. She started an online alt-right community called Pharmacy Gate. <laughs> yeah. And Running a child sex ring. That's right. Basement. <laughs> yeah. They Hang on. Russian... They do have a soda fountain in there, and that comes into play later. Yes. Uh, so so Ellie is standing by by her her conviction that she needs a, a prescription, and Sheriff Andy is like, "Why? I don't understand. Why don't you just give it to her? That's just Emma. That's just the way she is." Well, so first though, Emma goes to the goes to the police station to, to file a complaint. Oh yeah, with was... with Andy. So this is this is Don Knotts's one scene. In this one, yeah. In this one, where it, it has nothing to do with the rest of the episode at all, where he's oh. telling the sheriff that he memorized, I guess he's got a book of rules about being a sheriff. He's right. like, I got rule number one memorized. Well, so, so... And he doesn't. It's not funny. And this is whole, this like five minute long scene right. of him not remembering this. And the audience is busting their butts open laughing at this. Right. Didn't you say that Don Knotts won Emmys for this? Role. Oh yeah, many, multiple. Yeah. I mean, Andy Griffith Show. He was nominated. Don Knotts was nominated for I don't know five, six, seven years. I think like as long as it was on. Yeah. And Don Knotts was nominated every single year and won some of them. Andy Griffith was never nominated. And yeah. Obviously, never won. Yeah. I don't think you won for Matlock either. 
totally underrated. It's a travesty. It is. It is a travesty. So Emma shows up and says she wants to report a murder, and and Sheriff Andy shits his pants and and is like, "What are you talking about?" Because there, there's never been there's a murder never been a murder. Either. There's never been a crime like so far. Oh, he say, jaywalking. He's like the only yeah. He's like the only crime in Mayberry is jaywalking and being a Democrat or whatever. <laughs> And <laughs> no, because there's a guy, they have a guy who, uh, I don't know if it's in this episode, but he, like, Don Knotts is watching over him in jail, right? And he's, like, the town drunk, except for he's right. not even that drunk. Yeah. And Don, Don Knotts is like, all right, guess it's time for you to go home. And it's like, he's in jail for show? Yeah. To, like, show, to that, show they that they did, have, like, they, have that a they criminal work. and that they do stuff? <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway, the murder she reports is her own because uh, Ellie is, is killing her by right. not giving her pills, and she's got the headaches and diarrhea, and her and her hair is falling out and whatever because she's she's in narcotic withdrawal. Or she right. thinks she is anyway. Right. And in so I'm watching it again in 2018. Watching this, you cannot must I cannot muster up one iota of sympathy. For this crazy old bat. Right. Well, so I don't know if you noticed this, but on the 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 jar with the little blue pills, yeah. there's there's a label. Yeah. And it's it's a delamid. Delamid. I think that's right. Delamid. It's delamid. It turns out Emma's allergic to all the other pills. I know. She's kind of crazy long allergy list. It's the weirdest thing. It's yeah. Like 50 things on there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So then the sheriff goes to talk to, to Ellie about it. And this is the part where I'm, I'm aligned against the sheriff because yeah, like you said, he goes in and he's like, just give her the, give her the fucking pills. What's your problem? Yeah. And he gets in a fight with her about it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. dude, this is the law. This, this isn't. Is, this is how it works in small towns. Yeah, and we want rule of law, rule of law, rule of law. So, rule so, of law. so Sheriff rule Andy could, could care less about the rule of law. He just wants Emma to get her pills. And well, he wants and he Emma gets, off his face. He gets in a legitimate like fight with Ellie. He's yeah. like, oh, well, we'll see. Uh, I hope someday you're down on your luck and. Someone spits in your face, and I can't remember what he says, but it's something kind of mean. And then he storms off. Well, and, and and for 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 Mayberry, it's probably the equivalent of of calling her like a well something that someone would say on 4chan. Right, <laughs> right. I'm not gonna get that creative with my misogyny tonight. <laughs> he he call, he call he calls her as see you next Thursday, basically. <laughs> well, the Mayberry or, equivalent. Mayberry equivalent. Yeah. It storms off, yeah. and then uh, he brings a pot of soup to Emma, who is. Right. And who's 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 convalescing. Foy- who's convalescing, whose foyer is like stuffed with baked goods from the entire town has like oh, right. rallied. Everyone has heard about this immediately. Yes. And everyone takes her side. I can't imagine that anybody likes her. She is this needy, crazy old woman. Her her house is stuffed full of baked goods. And Andy brings the soup over and, and Emma's like, Oh, just put it next to the other five ramekins of soup. Right. Over there, right. and then uh, Emma show uh, Ellie, the pharmacist shows up, yeah, and appears to acquiesce and brings pills with her, and she's like, "Here, your here, your fucking pills," and gives them to her, and uh, and Ellie she takes caved. Emma takes one. She's like, "Oh, I feel better already." Right. 
So um, I'm mad at this point. At right. this point, I'm like yelling at the TV. Right. I, you know, I want someone to be strung up. Well, you're you're trying to figure out how to call the Mayberry Medical Review Board. That's right. I'm like, how can I pro? How sixty years later can I prosecute this to the fullest extent of the law? This, this, this fictional this, incident, this fucking travesty that I'm watching here. <laughs> Someone needs to pay for this. Yeah. But anyway, so so the sheriff follows her, uh, the pharmacist out, and it's like, what's what's the deal? Yeah. What just happened? What I just don't happened understand. here? Um, and what'd she say? She's like, oh, I figured she, out. She, well, she, she'd figured out what the blue pills are. And the pl- blue pills are, uh, sugar pills for a placebo. Yeah. Because Uncle Fred, the old pharmacist, non-pharmacist. Yeah. Well, he correctly intuited that right. Emma's out of her mind. Right. Although I shouldn't say that. I mean, I, I as you know, I'm actually a, a f- opponent, a firm opponent of ever saying that any symptom is quote unquote all in your head. Yeah. I think that is uh, an unfair simplification of of matters. The fact of the matter is that all pain is in your head. All of it, 100% of it. If you get your arm cut off, your arm isn't what's feeling the pain, your brain is what's feeling the pain. All pain right. is in your head. Right. So, I I I want to walk that back a little bit because I think it's extremely unfair to ever qualify anything as being all in your head because that's not a helpful it's a misleading and dangerous statement to make. So it's just another example of the medical field being biased against women. I think that was the point of this episode. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what yeah. Andy Griffith this had is in some, mind. Like complicated. Yeah, he's really teasing out medical injustice. He's teasing out the fact that women patients are undertreated for pain, not taken as their symptoms are not taken as seriously, like poor Emma here. Yeah. So um, for humor. For, yeah, it's supposed to be it's funny. Played, it's played for it's laughs. It's not funny, but it's supposed yeah. to be. Studio audience laughing their asses off. Yeah, the, 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 the misogyny dripping off of this show. Well, the next episode, yeah, sort of yes, in in a way. So that's kind of that's that's this. Welcome episode. to 1955. That's this episode. Basically, it's 1960. Actually, I think is when these started. Although they, they feels much earlier than that. This feels older. Because I remember thinking this is the same. This was filmed the same year that Psycho was filmed. Yeah. You couldn't have like more opposite no. cinematic yeah. experiences than the Andy Griffith show and Psycho, yeah. but they existed in the same time frame. I, I think that's right. Anyway, I'm not going to look it up because we're we're not a fact based podcast. Is there? Wait that that means that we're part of Trump land. We we have al- alternative facts. Oh, okay. they're just as good. Okay, All they're right, just cool. as good. Also, what would possibly like culturally speaking, is the difference between 1955 and 1960? I don't know. I don't remember. Exactly. <laughs> nothing. The yeah. answer is nothing. Yeah. Um, Let's all go watch Mad Men again. I think though this was, even though it's never stated, I, I think the concept is this is supposed to be taking place. I think it's not er, earlier. Not, um, it's not literally taking place earlier, but I think that the it's supposed to yeah. ev- invoke or evoke. The 1930s, even though it's taking place in the night in 1960. Okay, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's supposed to be. I mean, it's like uh, Greece, where it was. Oh, I I immediately went to ancient Greece. When no, you, when you said that. I, nope. I'm talking about the the Greaser musical. <laughs> right. Filmed in the 70s, takes place in the 50s. Right. Yes. Yep. yep. Summer loving had me a blast. Yeah. Okay, now it's your turn. Summer loving potatoes I smashed. 
Close enough. I don't know. I don't know the lyrics. All right, we're watching um, that next. So that's that's this episode. Uh, the next one, oh, sort the of next con- one. the next one continues the. Um, the next Ellie, one Ellie is the crazy. Pharmacist theme. Yeah. The next one is kind of crazy. There's a lot going on here. So y- you watched this more recently than I did. I, the beginning, I don't quite remember. He goes be- to ask her to a dance or something, right? The beginning is Opie and his little not. Oh yeah, let's name? talk for a minute about Ron Howard. And yeah. I don't understand how this role springboarded him to anything. Because no, I do. He's just the standard. I have read the Wikipedia article. Okay, well, inform me after this because he is just the standard, shrill, non-acting kid. He, he's not acting. His he just shouts all of his lines. He has no charisma. He's not particularly striking as a child actor in this at all. So I, I, no, I wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Time out. I think he was for the time. Maybe that's true. I, I'm not familiar with the genre of child actors from the 1960s, but he, I think he sucked in this. So, what is the what's the Wikipedia say? Uh, that because Andy Griffith was basically the show, what we would today call a showrunner. So yeah. he de- he he was never credited, but he was in the writers' room and he was doing a lot of stuff with that. Right. And when Ron Howard expressed interest in writing for the show, he mentored him. When Ron Howard. The little kid expressed yeah. interest in writing for the show yeah. as a six-year-old. I mean, no, like like later on. I, as I don't, a twelve-year-old, I don't, I don't remember. But okay. he, but I, he, the the article did not say anything about the timeline. But okay. but Ron Howard. I mean, it would make sense if some of these episodes were written by a six-year-old. Then it would all kind of fall into place. Ron Howard said that yeah. he began to develop his love of writing and storytelling. Under the wing of Andy Griffith. Okay. Um, so, Direct line to Arrested Development. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, he, I mean, I think it is telling that he's far better known now as a writer-director than as an actor. Yeah, that's fine. So, so anyway, this begins how? It starts off with a, an image of the Andy Andy Griffith sheriff car parking, and then they move the little kids move the car. They put it in, in neutral, and they they walk it in front of a fire hydrant, so it's parked illegally. While Sheriff Andy is off doing whatever he's doing, so then Don Knotts shows up and writes him a ticket. Right, because it's funny. Yeah, that's funny. It's funny. I mean, so I don't that's think how this I don't begins? think pranks I don't remember are funny. This part at all. Well, that is how it begins. Okay. Or maybe that's another episode. <laughs> Again, um. not fact-based here. <laughs> so um, we should mention, by the way, this is season one, episodes like four and five that we're talking about. Yeah. So I don't know. This was on for like a million seasons, so maybe it evolved. Um, it's as... still on, isn't it? Yeah. No, I think I. it's like The Simpsons. Right. right? It's in season 68 yeah. or whatever. Well, so occasionally Annie I'm, Griffith I'm, died I, in 2012. It, it's like a weekend at Bernie's. They just have his cor- corpse propped up oh. there. Um, I'm still reminded occasionally that The Simpsons is still putting out new episodes. And they I'm, are my, indeed. My Longest mind is show. blown. I'm like, how can that possibly be? I haven't watched an episode of The Simpsons in like 20 years. Yeah. Well, that's because it got bad. Yeah. Um, it got non-subversive. It got yeah. got owned by the corporate whatever. There's uh, actually man, this. Long... I like Simpsons before it was cool. 
There's this long essay that I remember reading about how the the Simpsons changed in like season eight. Yeah. And all the old writers left and all, a bunch of new writers came in who were not yeah. adhering to the ethos. It's, it is weird when you watch like the first couple seasons of The Simpsons and they're all drawn differently and the animation yeah. is weird and like oh, yeah. jittery. Yeah. Like the animators were on cocaine and coffee right. the whole time they're drawing it and it's like completely different show than, than it is now. It's actually a subversive. My, mo- my mom would not let me watch The Simpsons when sure. I was little. Well, I remember when I was a kid, it actually was considered... Um, to be subversive, to say, eat my shorts. Yep. I mean, <laughs> Bar Simpson is yep. like a public menace, you yep. know? It's hard, kind of hard to imagine. It's not yeah. that long ago. No. That something like that was considered to be my, very deviant. I, I, I was, was like, told care? many times not to say that sucks. Yeah, right. But there's no, there's no real other language that conveys exactly hey, the some, same thing. Sometimes things suck, you know? Sometimes Some, things suck. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Just a fact. So Andy Griffith asks uh, Ellie to a dance or a picnic no, or something. Right. Hang on, hang on, some, hang on. Something along those lines. All right. Let, let me explain this to you because it's actually quite important. Sheriff Andy's talking to Uncle Fred. They're talking about this town picnic that is going to be happening that weekend. Sheriff Andy brings it up. This becomes important. Right. Miss Ellie walks in from the other room doing pharmacy stuff with drugs and count count pills count pills and cialis and sheriff andy asks her asks her if she's going and she says no i'm not going so then he gets the idea that he's going to invite her so she so he asks her and she says yes. Yeah. And then maybe I there's... I thought it was... He doesn't quite ask her, though, right? He doesn't actually ask her. He thinks it... that, but he I'm pretty sure he asks her. Because the, in the next scene, he starts thinking about this. Right. And he's like, oh, my, she was very eager to go with me. She sure does... She sure does fancy me, I reckon. Okay, so if the, if this show was taking place now, like if it was a, it was in a show that was developed in 2018, there'd yeah. be like a Rashomon, like yeah, 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 like he like said, the episode said, of right, the X Files right. where there's Owen Wilson as a vampire, and there's wait. This- <laughs> wait. <laughs> There's an episode of the X Files where Owen Wilson is a vampire. Luke Wilson, excuse me, it's one of the Wilson brothers. It's Luke Wilson. A little bit less ridiculous. Luke Wilson but is I'm a vampire, still not but there's a, so the first like half of the story there is, is like is, Mulder and is, Scully are telling it to each other. Is Ben Stiller playing a Wolfman? No. In that episode. Okay. No. All right. So this, Scully is telling this story about how Luke is, Wilson is Vince Vaughn Frankenstein's monster. At any no. Person? Okay. All right. Just checking. The only famous person in this besides Mulder and Scully themselves. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is Luke Wilson? All right. Just checking. Right. So Scully is telling the story about how Luke Wilson is attractive. And so it's showing that, and then when Mulder tells it later on, he's got, like, buck teeth because he's right. angry sure. that Scully thinks that he's hot. Right. But so that's what we would have. That's what we would that's have what would here. Yeah. And they'd um, be, they, he'd be talking about it with his best buddy at a coffee shop. Yeah. But we're, we're in 1960 right. or wherever we are. And so he's just, like, talking to Aunt B about it. And is that her name? Aunt May. B? Aunt May. No, Aunt May's... Spider-Man. Spider-Man's, <laughs> Spider-Man's aunt. So he's talking to Aunt May about Uncle Ben. And he's like, Aunt May, 
I realize that with great power comes great responsibility. And I really so. like cheese and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> what? You don't you haven't seen those? I know. So so there was a while and we were watching uh, these three minute shorts. It's some Disney property, but it's Spider Man, um, like as a little kid. Yeah. And it's these very like the more you know, do 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 do, like kind of moral, like you need to help your friends, right? And you need to pick up the trash, and you need to be a good person, like those kinds of things. But they were great because they were three minutes, and that could count as a show, right? So when we were in a hurry, we could point to some superheroes and be like, "Yep, we've watched a show, right. buddy." Yeah. Um, so anyway, there's this one where where Spider-Man doesn't like to try new food, and then he tries this cheese and jelly sandwich. But it's not like cream cheese and jelly; it's like a slice of cheddar. Yeah. And he eats it, and but he's into it, which it's a cheese and jelly sandwich. Yes. I mean, I wouldn't want to try that either. No. It's fucking horrible. Um, it's like Captain Marvel's favorite sandwich. Or something. I, I don't know that that's a good way to introduce the notion of getting kids to eat different foods. Is to be like, Spider-Man doesn't want to eat this pickle and strawberry ice cream. <laughs> it's not it's not the main point of the segment, but that that's right. what happens. Both both him and Captain Marvel eat the, the cheese and jelly bagels and they enjoy them. I think they should shoehorn that into the next Avengers movie somehow. The next Infinity War movie. Yeah, instead of, a, instead of a <laughs> post credit scene about shawarma, they could have a right. post credit scene about, cheese about and cheese and jelly. I mean, right. all those people after they get re- resurrected or whatever yeah. are going to be really hungry. Right. I think the, the twist Death they, makes they, you hungry. they feed one to Thanos, and when he's busy vomiting, they take the Infinity Gauntlet uh, off of him. That's what Doctor Strange was seeing. There's only one way. All right. He just, Sorry, she, spoiler there's alert. There's only one way, and then he hands them a cheese and jelly sandwich. Yeah. This is it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Unexpected. You know, they'd be that one that'd be the fat guy in the back row wearing his Thor t-shirt that said, I saw that coming. <laughs> saw that coming a mile away. Yeah, well... What were we talking about? We're talking about Ellie um, getting so, asked oh, so, to the so, dance so. by Sheriff Andy, and Sheriff Andy talking himself out of it, thinking that she's being like beguiling and tricking him, manipulating him into asking her, yeah. which did not happen. So, so yeah, so there's another long scene with a laugh track firing, uh, with him being like, "Yeah, she was very." quick to say yes in it's fact a, i don't reckon i asked her at all it's I a think, long monologue i think she asked me i so, think she she wants the d yeah no she's so hungry she's, so, she is so, she is thirsty he is sitting on the couch in his house and his aunt b or may or whatever her name is is flitting Jemima. around no she's flitting around i'm gonna go with b because flitting works yeah with that and he's talking himself out of just being happy that he has a date. Right. He should be happy that he yeah, has a date. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he's had any action in a very long time. Yeah, and, and, he should just be like, oh, this nice this person is, said yes to me. This is what I don't I don't understand what's going on here because he clearly is into her. Yeah. Clearly. He is a single man in a town that has, I'm going to guess, zero dating opportunity. In right. Little There's no tender. Mayberry. There's nothing going on there. This attractive, single, educated woman comes in, and he yeah. and he talks himself out of it because she seems too eager. 
What the fuck other options have you got going on, Sheriff Andy? Clearly, Give me a break. And let me, clearly you're, you're no he is not dude. over his dead wife. Is, is she dead? Is that the, is that the deal? She's a, she's widow. She's, he's a widower. He's a widow. Okay. He, um, he hasn't come to terms. And I'm pretty sure there's no mental health services in Mayberry. I, I think you're attributing more noble attributes to him than exist. That's what I'm hoping. You're, you're I'm hoping <laughs> for. So, so he... He basically tells, calls her a hussy. He does, yeah. He's like, whatever, he says, whore. I don't think he says hussy, but like he, <laughs> Keep he, it in your he, pants. he, he walks all around <laughs> hussy without saying hussy. Right. Which like, come on. <laughs> she was absolutely not like that. He asked her. Right. Yeah. So, so he tells his son. is because So he tells little, little, oh, yeah. little Opie. Oh, this is bad. He's, he, he's like, yeah, she's... She's a she's what she's a hunter. She's hunting the she's hunting the most dangerous game, man. Yeah, or whatever. She's hunting for a husband. She's on the prowl. I guess. I mean, I guess this is like when we tell our son that the Confederate flag is the bad guy America flag. Yeah, yeah. I guess we have our own version of <laughs> warping young minds. <laughs> we're like, right and he's wrong. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, don't tell your kid anything about your day day life. Yeah. Until it's time to, and it's not time to now. So he says all these words, and of course, Opie doesn't know anything about anything, and just takes them in like a sponge that children are, Yeah. and then regurgitates them when she offers him a free ice cream. Yeah, she's going to give him ice cream, and he's, and he's, he's, my pa said that you're hunting for a husband. Yeah. And, so and she, she gets really angry, so she's furious. as she should. So I, this is the best part. "Quote unquote," where where this sure is, Andy goes. This he, is the part that made Brandon laugh. Yes, I did. Yeah. So he he decides he's going to throw her off the the track by offering alternative by, by running a reality alter- TV show in yeah. the pharmacy. Right. So he's going to select up contestants. Yeah, he's going to get some contestants for the Bachelorette. Hey, so at he, least it's not naked and afraid. He goes to this. Wait, wait, hang on. Do you know about naked and afraid? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. It's so good. We so, should do an episode of, oh, I guess it's not children's yeah, media. Yeah, an episode of our children's media podcast, <laughs> Naked and Afraid, and then we can follow that up by doing an episode of The Human Centipede. Um, Wait, that, <laughs> I mean, there's some leaps and bounds in yeah. between here and there. So he goes uh, and he, he gets to these three guys and hits on them, basically. This is the He's he's wingmanning her. He's wingmanning, but in a very like provocative way, which I found very interesting. Cause he like he goes up to this one guy and he's like, Yeah, that pharmacist Ellie was talking about your pretty eyes. And well, if they aren't just the prettiest eyes and the longest eyelashes I've ever seen, <laughs> this guy is just like, Yeah, well, thanks, Andy. Or whatever this guy's name is, and is blinking at him. <laughs> yeah. And then, ne- and then the next guy, what's he say? So, oh, his no, his nose or something is pretty. You got a gorgeous I, little I, honker I on you. This part out. And then, uh, then he this, then the third guy, he comments, he's complimenting him on his biceps, on his big, strong, thick shoulders. So he he goes and he, he makes passes at these three guys who all take it in stride and are very very cool with it. For, well, because he's doing it on behalf of someone else. Yeah, but I don't or know. Or maybe they're just all comfortable. They they they, they, they seem very comfortable. Um, well, you know, we we didn't have such like homophobia. Until well, that's recently. what I was wondering when I was watching this. I was, so so in if this was in the nineteen if this had been filmed in the nineteen eighties, 
there would have oh. been some profound homophobia, probably, oh, probably some yeah. f words, you know, being thrown around. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and now absolutely. In, in 2018, there wouldn't be. But as I'm wondering, mm. 1960 was this not even? I mean, there was rampant homophobia, I'm sure, in the society. But was it so under the rug, so buried that this wasn't even in people's consciousness when they watched this? Because all I could think about right. was that he's right. feeling this guy's arms and his shoulders and his. Right. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, I don't know. No, there wasn't. I mean, there, there's been, there's actually been studies on this about how there's, um, there has been a huge decrease in physical affection among men to, to each other, right? Leading to a lot of other bad stuff, right? So the fact that like Andy is touching another man in this way, I think, is normal. Yeah. And accepted, and like, who cares? Right. It was a healthier time back then. Yes, it was. Wow, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> in, well, in some in, ways, in one in, in, in one in, way, in one very particular way, it was a, it was a healthier time, <laughs> and that's maybe it. Um, so, um, so this was the part that where I did laugh. I la- I laughed out loud. So these three guys all come in separately to the pharmacy. Um, oh, to, yeah, this to, was weird. To hit on Ellie, and the first one, the guy with the cute nose. Comes up to the countertop. Just starts wiggling at her. Starts wiggling it like a rabbit at her. And she's yeah. like, what the fuck? And he, then the he uses second... the same move that I use when I'm playing Honey, I Love You, but I just can't smile. Or just walk up to someone's face yeah. and put my face in their face yes. and just wiggle my nostrils. Yeah. It always works. They do always and, smile. Yes. Well, she didn't. And then the next guy comes in. Well, and she is, wasn't is, playing with me. Is batting his eyes at her. Oh yeah, no, like he. But he, he looks like he, he's having a seizure. He's about to have a liftoff. Like he, he, I mean, like the air that he's getting with yeah. these things he's is just like incredible. And then my, they're flappy. My favorite is the third guy who comes in and and with no prelude, just starts flexing. Oh yeah, <laughs> starts doing this way to the gun show. He, he's so like he's, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so it's a nice tableau of these three guys. One's twitching his nose. One's batting his eyes. One's flexing. It was. It's and it, she. She. Her. Her face. Her face says, "What the, what the fucking hell? fuck?" <laughs> She's being gaslit really hard. Oh the yeah. Scene. And I, yeah. So I laugh. But she. Was... She also know. I mean, she knows that she is at least. <laughs> yeah. But she's the, like, no, <laughs> this is not happening to me. I I refuse to accept it. Um. So she lays down the law with the sheriff. This was, you know, I didn't know what to expect if she was going to be, um, you know, f- demure and find this charming. But she does not find it charming, and she lays well, into good. him. Uh, she she gives him a piece of her mind, tells him to go f- take a long walk off a short pier, t- tells him he's a ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> She says to make like a tree and get out of here. Yeah, uh, but That's a Back to the Future reference. Yeah, I, I, no, I gotcha. I just assumed that it always is. Excuse me, I have yeah. other references as well. <laughs> you, you do. You have do you that, admire you, my perspicacity? That's from Horatio you have Hornblower. Horatio, you've got a couple of Horatio Hornblower references. Yeah, you've got a couple of uh, Back to the Futures, and I think you've got one or two Indiana Joneses. I think uh, what? That's your repertoire. I have a way larger repertoire than that. I'm offended. Pistols at Dawn. Horatio Hornblower? No. <laughs> um, Although, in that case, you're Simpson and I'm Horatio. There, well, there we go. There you go. 
so the, then there's a part where um, so so then Ellie says she's going to go to the dance with the next man who walks in that door. Right. And this, so Don Knotts walks in the door, and so she takes Don Knotts. Here's the part where, again, so the sheriff in the last episode is revealed to be a piece of shit because he wants to circumvent laws regarding the dispensing of controlled medications. Doesn't care. As well as uh, trespassing. Yeah, trespassing. This episode, he's now done two things to reveal him as a piece of shit. First of all, this weird casting aspersions on the virtue of Ellie the pharmacist. And then sabotages his best friend, his buddy... Don Noss's date with Ellie. Well, he he's sabotaging it so he can get back in the game. Well, exactly. It's even worse. <laughs> it's even worse. Because I'm sure Don Knotts gets even less action than he does because he's Don Knotts and he's Okay, here here's like he's a secret. Hyperthyroid. Here's a secret. He's asexual. Don Knotts? Yeah. Well, he probably is. I mean, you, I know well, that. Wait, hang I know on. that. The, you the, know the, that. The character but... that we're calling Don Knotts, it's not Don Knotts. It's Barney Fife. Barney Fife. Barney Fife. There you go. Yeah. Good job. We don't know that Barney Fife doesn't have urges. He's a man. He's. You can be asexual and be a man. I don't think that existed in 1960. It could in, have in, and in just the, not be talked world. about. So there have been five percent of human beings are intersex. We haven't talked about that until recently. I don't think that's the. Is that the secret moral of this episode? Is no. This... <laughs> it's just a related <laughs> fact. So. Uh, the sheriff is like, oh yeah, Barney, I hope you have a good time there. Too bad I'm going to have to ask Tom, Tom Pencil Dick down the street to be my deputy sheriff for tonight because of this, because the dance is bringing all these riffraff from south of the border. They're bringing, they're bringing rapists, they're bringing murderers. Some of them I assume are good people. Well, and, clearly, and Barney Fife's ambition is more important to him than a romantic he's a, relationship. He's a, he's a career man, and he knows. And and uh, Sheriff Andy, which we really need to figure out his name. Yeah, he knows that, and he's playing on it. And I don't know that Barney wants to go to the dance anyway with Ellie. He, maybe he's looking for an easy out, He'd, and so he's presented with one, and he takes it. He's yeah. he's like, I can't, I can't. I can't go to the dance while all these rapist Mexicans are going to be in town. Well, rule, um, rule of law is actually incredibly important to Bernie Fife, and we'll get to that at the end, the, the final scene. Yeah. Um, oh, well, you know what? Is it Andy? It is Andy. Oh, thank God. His name is An- Andy Taylor. Sheriff Close Andy, enough. Andy Taylor. So okay. We so right, Sheriff Andy works for us. We're correct Excellent. on accident. Fuck yeah. Correct on accident. It's like that time that Donald Trump was right. Remember that time? No. That he was right about something? Was he? But it was an accident? No. I don't remember. Well, um, for, th- he actually... I just made that up. That's not true. He, he, he did right he did pass a bill about women in STEM supporting funding for them. It was shocking. It was an accident. Me. I'm sure he had no idea. Yeah. He thought <laughs> he thought he said women with phlegm. <laughs> and he wanted to outlaw that. He wants... No, he wants to promote it. So that doesn't even work. I guess that makes no sense. Exactly. That's so not, no. That that what's that doing to make America great again? Oh, so then he shows. So then Sheriff Andy shows up because at, Barney Fife is is off being being dedicated to the rule of law. Yeah. Now he's all. Now Barney's so fired up. He's probably going to commit some bru- some police brutality that night. He's got his testosterone is racing. He's going to 
Well, some, hold on, hold on. Someone's gonna, some kid's going to drop a candy wrapper. He's going to get beaten to death with a nightstick. So Ellie's waiting for her date or whatever, and Sheriff Andy shows up, and she's like, I already have a date. Yeah. I said yes to Barney, and I said yes to this other person. And guess who shows up? It's actually quite sweet. Little Opie. Little Opie. Yeah. Saves Miss Ellie from all of this bullshit. Right. Without realizing that he's saving her from the patriarchy. Yeah. His pa uh, tags along as a chaperone. chaperone. A quote-unquote chaperone. Right, right. What if you make it with the chaperone? Do they cease? When do they cease being a chaperone? Second base. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And that's when Opie becomes a spectator. Um. (laughs) Opie does bring her some nice flowers. Yeah. I mean, I hope that our kid is never never in this situation. Never goes on a date with a 30-year-old woman. Yeah. (laughs) When When he's he's six. I hope so, too. (laughs) But if he does, I hope he brings her flowers. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) I'd be fine if she's the breadwinner in the relationship, you know, like Ellie is. Oh, that'd be totally fine. I think the age difference is a problem. be a kept man. So, what do you, Andy Griffith's show. What do you think? There's a lot of weird stuff that is normal in the time that the show was made. Yes. And so it's nice to have a piece of media because our kids are still like obsessed with the very black and white version of law enforcement. Yes. And this is pretty tame. Yeah. I'm not sure there's been any violence in the ones that I've seen. Yeah. And that's like a real flag for me right now because he's interested in that. I'm sure there's no violence in any of these, I would bet. You know, I I think it's a real, it's interesting because it is simultaneously, I think, a very safe choice, but mixed with some very dated values. Well, so that's the thing is, is, I mean, it, it reminds me of the whole like, MPAA code of whatever that allows the classification of movies as R, PG-13, PG, G, what have you. So if you say one fuck, it's R. You can get, you can have one fuck in a PG-13. Sure. Whatever it is. I don't know the rules, but like, it's very focused on language. Right. It's very focused on sex. Mm -hmm. And it's not focused on violence at all. Where you get things that are that are PG rated that are horrifically yeah. violent, in, like relatively speaking, you can get you can get away with a lot of violence if there's no blood. What, what if there if blood starts to push you into the PG thirteen? But you can have all the hitting and kicking and and guns and right. and it can still be PG PG somehow because there's no right. blood. Right. Yeah. So, but the, but that so that gets into how we look at violence, which is relatively far. Well, it's far more acceptable than sex is, right? Which is weird because sex is a normal human function that can be really good. Where violence is never good. Yeah, although you could argue it's just as normal. But that's true. But granted, for functioning of society it should be viewed as aberrant and sex should not exactly 
Um, but that's not how I have the the movie systems rating. Right. Um, and so it, it reminds me of that kind of dichotomy. So we are avoiding violence completely. Um, but then we have these weird, like, first of all, we have to explain the laugh track. Yeah. Um, but then we also have this, like, weird sexism, racism stuff. I mean, at least it's black and white. And so with that, it becomes a lot easier to say, like, this is not now. Right. This is, is historic. Yeah. How have things changed? But that being said, like, I I ask our kid these questions after we watch this, but he's not at a place developmentally where he's able to, like, really talk about that. Yeah. As a recommendation, one place that is really good for this is um, the website Common Sense Media. Mm-hmm. They rate everything, including new releases, many, many things you could look up there. And they have parent recommendations about age limits, kid recommendations about age limits. But beyond that, if they have some sort of editorial review, they have questions that you can use to start a conversation with that media. So like with, with PJ Masks or with Super Monsters or whatever, it's like, what is teamwork? You know, whereas in something more complex, you can be like, oh, you know, like, why did, what does a husband hunter mean? And, you know, what do you think that means for status or whatever? Now, our four-year-old can't understand that. Right. But if you have a kid where you can start to talk about those things... I think it could be really interesting because sometimes it's it is easier to see some of these things in society where it's more obvious. You know, we have a lot of there's a lot of things that are still not right now in terms of power dynamics, but it's become more covert rather than overt whereas stuff from you know 1960 or whatever it is more more overt because it could be and it was and it right. was totally acceptable yeah it's also a good gateway i think to talking about the opioid crisis and uh in the United States. <laughs> at least that episode yeah it's a good it's a it's a good way to introduce narcan to the notion of narcan to children the anti-antidote right i thought you were talking about the scientology fake rehabby thing is that also called narcan I don't know what that's called, but that sounds like a Scientology made-up word thing. Is there some Scientology media for children? I'm sure, sure there, there is. is. We, should, we should look into that. So, okay, I didn't, I, I didn't tell you this. I would like. I think it'd be fun to draw the ire of the Scientologists. Maybe we can get them to. Uh, to I don't know if it would be fun, (laughs) honestly, but, you know, we we haven't been in and then exited. Right. I have signed some X's up for the Scientology mailing list, which was incredibly satisfying. When we were at the bookstore recently, on clearance at Books a Million was like shelves and shelves of L. Ron Hubbard books. And our kid goes up to them and he's like, what are these? And I'm like, they're books written by a bad man. Oh, it's just garbage. Yeah. (laughs) It's just stupid garbage. That's all. Yeah. Uh, Well, no, then I started, then I started explaining Scientology to him in words that he couldn't understand. And it was, yeah. It's probably more entertaining for me. It would have been him. better if there, if, if you knew that there was a Scientologist standing nearby and you're well, like, oh, it's just a scam to steal money from people and make them feel bad about themselves. And I did tell him that. Yeah. 
Um, but there's not that many Scientologists out there. All right. Well, it's getting late, so I think we should uh, close the door on this chapter in our saga. I've been Sheriff Brandon. It's oh. been mighty fine spending this evening <laughs> with you. It sure has, I reckon. I've been hasn't it though? It has. I've been Miss Erin, and I've been giving out ice I'm cream gonna... in hopes of luring a husband <laughs> from the dad of Why, the person I'm giving. Little the... hussy. I How guess. Can I offer you a julep of some sort? <laughs> <laughs> or some soup because I'm high on opioids. Right. So we're going to go uh, drink soup and do some do some narcotics now. So I'm Ben Brandon. I'm Aaron. Miss Aaron to you. Miss Aaron. You can email us at norcpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Please rate and review uh, on iTunes or wherever you happen to get the podcast. And send us your suggestions for crap media you Please want do. us to review. Please send suggestions. I've heard so good things we... about Batman. There's a five-minute series of Batman. Some five-minute Maybe thing. we'll go back to that well. Uh, music is Blind Loved Up by Jairus. Peace out. Good night. I didn't get to my cider, though. Huh? I didn't get to my cider. Are you sober? No. That's what I thought. <laughs>